What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods here coming at y'all. We've been plugging this interview since we got it set up, man. We got current Alabama A&M defensive back Spencer Perry with us. He's been at UNI. He's been at South Alabama. Former four-star recruit, according to ESPN.com, out of IMG Academy, originally at Notre Dame. Man, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Absolutely, man. I'm happy you guys have me here. Absolutely. So I want to get into start with high school. So, you know, it breaks my heart because uh, you see the jerseys in the background. I know you played at Auburn High for a bit. Yeah, and <laughs> the history of the safety position at Auburn hasn't been great. So I'm really hoping that, you know, Auburn didn't overlook you completely. But, man, you wind up at IMG Academy at the end of your high school career. I know you had some injury your senior year, but for you, IMG is always like this like mystical thing, like only the best athletes get to go there. What separates IMG Academy and the prep you do there from other high schools? I just think it's honestly a full-time job. Um, it's more like the NFL than anything. I can't even really compare it to college because – wake up early in the morning, you have your workouts, you go to your classes, and from that point on, after 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock, it's all football, you probably do another workout, you go to meetings, and then you do some more meetings, and then you go to practice, and then you have, you know, they provide the food for you there, and then sometimes if you have, like, an extra meeting with the coach and he wants to communicate with you on, like, an adjustment or something like that, you might have a private meeting with him all the way to, like, 7 o'clock at night. So it's just one of those things where football really became a lifestyle. Um, it's always been a lifestyle, but you literally breathe it, you wake up, and that's really what it is down there. Right. And, I mean, I could imagine. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, did you feel sometimes that the practices were more competitive than some of the games you guys had to play? Yeah, I kind of like – I think this is like one of the funny things people, like, don't understand. Like, when I got there – I had a, a Mississippi State offer, and that was my only scholarship at that particular time. Um, and when you go there, there's so many coaches that come to your practices, but with the competition being so high, it's very easy to not look good in front of the coaches that are coming to recruit you because you're going against the talent that you're going to be seeing at the next level. So it's also a big opportunity, but you got to be on your P's and Q's, man. And um, it's one of those things where it was just constant competition. You were just getting better every single day. And, you know, sometimes the cream just rises to the top when you go down there. And that's just really what happened. Iron shoppers iron. Absolutely, man. And so I, I know you committed to Notre Dame originally, but I want to get into first, what other programs were on your radar and whose radar were you on in terms of other programs in your recruitment out of IMG? Oh, uh, man, I really probably had – I probably had 30 to 40 offers coming out of high school. Um, but, like, the schools that I was really interested I was interested in Auburn a lot. I was interested in Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame. And I was also a one-time of, of Florida commit. So I was interested in really those four to five schools. Um, but it was just really a crazy process because it happened so fast for me just to come down there. I mean, I was a kid that literally my first time ever really playing football, like, on the scene was – probably my junior season when I went to Auburn High School, actually. So like, that was my first time get putting together a full college, uh, not college, but a full high school season. And just to see the results so instantly, it was insane to me. Um, it was just a magical journey. 
Right. And I mean, you know, when, when I look at it, I know I saw I was looking at your 247 profile. I saw a lot of visits to Auburn, just like thinking of like you and Jamie and Sherwood. This like these past few seasons of safety just make make me real upset that you didn't wind up there. But, you know, looking at your recruitment, you wind up in Notre Dame, you end up red shirting. Why did you decide to leave Notre Dame after the 2016 season? That's actually something funny. I didn't rush her. Everyone thinks that I rushed her. I didn't rush her. I uh, played probably in like 10 games and I was mostly on special teams, but I was mop up safety when we would like blow teams out. I would come in and play, you know, but it was one of those things when I got to Notre Dame, I was there because I fell in love with the coaching staff. I fell in love with the university and it was a lot of shifts and changes when I got there. Um, my coach got fired. My defensive coordinator got fired. And it was just literally one of those things where as a kid being so far from home, I was just didn't understand really kind of what to do with that situation. So that's kind of really what happened at Notre Dame. But Notre Dame was a wonderful experience. It really exposed me so much. And it was really one of those things to where you're playing against some of the best receivers. Like I was playing against Miles Boykin, who plays for the Baltimore Ravens. I was playing against Equinemia St. Brown who plays for the Packers, you know, those are just one of those things that, you know, you just really don't get opportunity to do all the time. So it was really, really nice to just to go against that competition every day. Right. I mean, we had Jay Bramlett, who's the current punter for Notre Dame now on the show, and he was talking about what it felt like to run out of the tunnel in that stadium, in those gold helmets. I mean, you know, what was it like to play in that environment? And, you know, when you look at it, what was like the biggest game that you played in at your time in Notre Dame? Probably the biggest game was my first game, um, the Texas game. When we went down there on a Sunday and we played Texas, I mean, that was one of the, my craziest experiences. I mean, it was a primetime game. It was on ABC, and I actually got to play a lot that game. I was playing on punt, punt return, kickoff, and it was just crazy. It was surreal to just to be out there and just run around and fly around. Like I said, man, it was so fun. I mean, running out there, you know, Running out there with that gold on your helmet, it was really, really like a dream come true, honestly. I mean, it doesn't get too much better than that, I'll be honest. Right. And so after Notre Dame, man, you head down to South Alabama. That's my hometown. That's my co-host's hometown down there in Mobile. That's that's a program that I think trying to kind of get things of like like to get their footing down there in the Sun Belt. What were your biggest takeaways from your time at South Alabama? Because you were a big contributor your second year out because you had to sit out your first year due to transfer. But what were your biggest takeaways from your time at South Alabama? So my time at South Alabama was very different. Um, I went down there under the uh, coaching staff of Joey Jones. And when I was sitting out, Joey Jones and the entire staff, they got fired. So it was one of those things that I got recruited down to a school and they they brought in a whole entire new staff. So it was really cool, I guess, you know, trying to find my way with the new staff and understanding a, a new defense and really trying to find my way. And, um, you know, my time away from South, my time from South Alabama was good. I mean, I played in some games. I made about five or six starts um, as a sophomore. And it was fun. I loved it. I was flying around and playing football. Um, but it was just one of those things, man, where sometimes things just don't go with the coaches being there. I mean, they just got fired before I could even step on the field and help them uh, win or, you know what I mean, to help improve the program. So it was kind of disappointing in that sense of the thing because, like I said, Coach Joey Jones had a really big vision of where the program was going to go and where it was at right now. And, and it's one of those things that he didn't get the time. He didn't get the time to oversee it. But, like, right now, I think South Alabama's doing the correct things. Uh, they have a guy down there, Kane Womack, who recruited me. 
um, when he was the defensive coordinator underneath Joey Jones, and I love him, and I know he's got everything together down there. He had huge success in Indiana, so I know he's got everything rolling down there. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we actually talked about Indiana yesterday because they have to play, um, I believe it's Alcorn week two, and that's going to be a huge game for just the swag in general to get a shot at a school like South. But, you know, you've played Power Five, you've played Group of Five, you've played FCS football. Can you just kind of break down, like, what are some of the biggest differences between these different levels of football that you've experienced that, you know, you experienced the Notre Dame, you've experienced the South, you experienced the UNIs, and now you're going to um, Alabama A&M. So, like, what are the differences so far that you've noticed between the level of competition? Uh, it's one of those things that's kind of hard. It's really uh, – the competition is really kind of the same when it comes to – receivers and DBs because people are going to run routes all the same way. The biggest difference I would say is the offensive line and the defensive line. Like I know when I was at Notre Dame, Quentin Nelson pulling around is a whole lot different than seeing a normal FCS car pull around. Uh, I was playing with Mike McGlinchey. Uh, I mean, those guys were just insane studs. And then when you go down South Alabama, there was definitely good offensive linemen and good defensive linemen, but it was never to the same degree. Like, I think Notre Dame had four defensive ends get drafted last year. Like, it's one of those things where I think the trenches of Power 5 football separates Group of 5 and FCS. But as far as, like, the skill players, skill players come a dime a dozen, so I really think it's all the same as far as that goes. But O-line and D-line completely different. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, because I graduated from Auburn. Now I'm at K-State now. And just from, like, the Big 12 offensive linemen sometimes compared to what I saw even at, like, Mississippi State and stuff like that, those linemen are just – I mean, when you got six, seven, three, fifty, like, this build different, that's kind of hard to go up against. But, you know, you've, you've been – you've transferred a few times. Now you're going to Alabama A&M. Can you kind of compare and contrast how your high school recruitment out of IMG differed from your transfer recruitment across these schools that you've been to? Um, I don't think it's too much different. I just think that my understanding of what coaches are, are, are meaning when they communicate with you during the recruiting process has changed because my maturity has changed. But I don't think anything's too much changed. I mean, when college coaches recruit you, they're recruiting you to make you a part of the team so you can contribute to wins. And I don't think that too much changes. I mean, I know Coach Maynard is all about winning, and Brian Kelly was all about winning. So, I mean, those are kind of the two things that are, are in common with all the coaches that I've been recruited by. But as far as, like, recruitment process itself, it's kind of the same, but my interpretation of it is definitely different. Right. And, I mean, so that leads us in. I mean, this is what everyone tuned in for. We have a huge – Alabama A&M listening base, man. So I know they're all on pins and needles here. Why did you choose to further your career at Alabama A&M? Like I said, they won the swag, and they won the swag, and it's a lot of attention down there playing football with the HBCU and the swag. And I really, 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 really think we have an opportunity to be super, super good. And I had an understanding that you know the coaches were recruiting hard, recruiting a lot of players to come down there. And honestly, I just wanted to be a part of something great. And I really think that they have a great thing going. And I just can't wait to step on campus and just be a part of it all and just be with my teammates and just work with the coaches and just be all about winning. I think one thing about Alabama A&M that's been communicated with me through all the coaches is just all about winning. And that's something that I'm super excited for. So that's really why I wanted to further my career there because, like I said, I feel like they offer every single opportunity 
for me um, with my last season coming up. And like I said, I want to take full advantage of it. Right. And I mean, you mentioned they win the SWAC last year and the offense got a lot of that credit. I mean, listen, we had a kill on. He's my uh, that's my guy. I'm like, he's a he's a top five quarterback in the country, not the SWAC, the country. That wide receiving core is crazy. But the defense, everyone said everyone's been telling me, man, that defense isn't going to live up to the height. That's why they're not going to repeat. What does Spencer Perry bring to that defense that's going to change things in the secondary? Um, I have a lot of experience, um, a lot of experience, and I want to bring a playmaking attitude back there. I want to bring, I want to bring an attitude that, hey, we're not just out here playing defense just to play defense. We're out here to make plays too, and we're out here to put points on the board, and we're out here to create turnovers. We're out here to play with a different type of energy, and we're out here to hustle to the ball. We're out here to play fast and to play strong and to play physical. So, like, I want to communicate that with my teammates. I want to just reiterate that because I know it's what the coaches want. The coaches want people to go out there and play hard and make plays, and that's really what I want to do for the Alabama A&M defense. So I can't wait to do that. Right. And I mean, hey, that, I'm so excited, especially with the level of transfers that you guys are bringing in. I mean, the first, I think, seven transfers you guys announced this week, all the defensive side of the ball, all secondary. And I mean, and listen, me and me and Scotty at script were talking. I mean, they're y'all, y'all all are tall, rangy, athletic d- defensive backs. So I'm excited to see what it looks like. But you've mentioned his name a few times, Connell Maynard. All he wants to do is win, and I don't think people are educated what he's done in his past when he built a powerhouse in his first stop at coaching. But what were your first impressions of Connell Maynard, and how excited are you, man, to play for that type of energy? I mean, he had the Ric Flair energy after they won the SWAC this year. Uh, What were your first impressions, and how excited are you to play for a coach like Maynard? I just think he brings a lot of energy to the team, and it's super contagious. When you play for a coach that has that much energy, you can't do anything but play hard. So every single day when he brings that energy and he brings that competitive nature to the team, it just makes everything that much better. When your coach is just as competitive as every single player and every single body involved in the program, and he's the head guy, it just makes everything run, run super smooth. So, I mean, just listening to him on some of his interviews and talking to him, he's all about winning, and that's really what I'm all about, too. So my first impression with him is like, man, this guy's energy. He's ready to win. He wants to win. He'll do anything to win. I just want to be a part of a coach like that. I just want to be coached up by a guy like that. So I can't wait. Absolutely. I mean, he seems like a player's coach. Like yeah, he seems he like is. that guy that he can get into you. I mean, we've saw we've saw him tear into Akil and some of those guys last year. But I just feel like off the field, man. Like I feel like he bonds with his players. I mean, have you felt that? Is it more? Is it is it a family environment inside the Alabama A&M complex? Oh, it's definitely a family environment. I mean, even when I committed, like all the players reached out to me and they were super cool. And all the coaches, like one thing about it, like. One thing that's kind of different, actually, when it comes to being recruited by them is that I was talking to some of the offensive coaches as well as the defensive coaches because it's a collective group. It's not just offense versus defense. It's like, hey, we're here together and we're one team and we're going to get this thing done. We have one goal and that one goal is to win. So when you get that feeling and you get that energy from everyone involved in the coaching staff and everyone involved on the team, my teammates, it's just super contagious. They won last year. They won the SWAC and they want to repeat. And that's just the type of things that, you know, you have to do. I mean, the energy there and everything around the program is just great. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So I want to get into goals for 2021. So I know you're a team first guy. So first off, what are the team goals for Alabama A&M in the 2021 season? 
Well, I think the first thing that we want to do is that we want to have a great camp. I mean, we want to get better every single day in camp and improve. And after that, our goal is to go game by game and just win every single game and win the down. It starts with just winning the downs, winning the quarters, and winning the one-on-one matchups within the game so the result can be wins. I think we want to really, really win every single game, and I think we want to go on the field and win, and win the swag. That's really our goal. I know that's our goal for a fact. Right. And I mean, a lot of a lot of this big narrative has been pushed, especially on this YouTube thing with Cut Day, with Oscar, with myself, with with all the channels that we have in like this little network. We've been talking more HBC representation in the FCS playoffs. Is that the tone around the facility, too, is that it's not just winning the swag, not just winning the celebration bowl. It's getting to that tournament and making an impact at the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, it's all about winning the championship. I really think it's about winning the championship. And that's one thing that I noticed. I mean, when I was getting recruited, they finished in the top 25 in the uh, FCS rankings from the spring football. So they're setting the tone. They're setting the tone around the country that, hey, LINM is a real football program and we're ready to win now and we're ready to compete for a championship now. So I think the respect that I think we earned last season in the spring season, it's going to translate to the fall season. So I really think that respect from winning the swag in the spring and then competing for and winning it again in the fall, it's going to set the tone for playoff football. I think we're going to be a part of playoff football and it's going to be great. I I can't wait, man. I'm so pumped for the season. So that kind of brings me now, what are your personal on the field goals for yourself for the 2021 season? Are you looking to get more interceptions? Are you looking to lead the team in tackles? What are your just personal goals that you're like, okay, we win the swag. That's great. That's my number one goal, but I would love to have this, this, and this happen. Um, As far as my personal goals, I feel like my personal goals are just going to get taken care of um, when the team wins and when everything is going well. I feel like everything is going to be taken care of because if the team wins, that typically means people were playing well on both sides of the football. So as far as my individual goals, um, I think they'll fall right in place with the team goals. But, of course, I want to have a great season and I want to do well for the team and I want to do well for the coaches. I think that's expected of me. So I just want to do what's expected of me and exceed expectations as well whether that means catching picks or making tackles or pass breaking up. I think it's all a part of my job as being a safety. So I just want to do my job and do my job to the best of my ability. So that's my goal. And wherever that leads me, um, that's going to lead me. Right. And so, I mean, uh, you know, uh, these are kind of some just questions I, I had about the season in general for the team. I mean, is there a game on the schedule that you personally or the team is looking most forward to in 2021? Because I know every all the fans have been pushing a rivalry between you you guys and Jackson State because of last year and Coach Maynard saying, hey, we recruit four and five stars too. That's all fine and well. We'll see you on the field. Is there a game on the schedule, though, that you're like, man, I am circling that date and that's the one I'm most looking forward to? I mean, I'm looking forward to the first game. There's no game bigger than the first game. But when you bring up that particular game versus Jackson State, who can't look forward to that game? Who can't want to play in that game? It's obvious. I mean, they're recruiting people. They're, they have a great staff as well, but we have an even better staff. And I'll say that again. We have an even better staff, and we're recruiting guys that can compete, guys that are going to play, guys that are going to make plays. So when that game comes up October 9th, we'll be ready. We will 
definitely be ready. But as far as the game, I'm looking forward to the most is the first game because I want to see how much we gel. I want to see how everything comes together, and I just want to see how cohesive we are. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. But when you bring the Jackson State game, I'm not the guy to sit up here and say that I'm not looking forward to that game. I am looking forward to that game. That game's going to be huge. But there's no bigger game than the first game. That's a fact, man. I love the confidence. That was the best answer yet. I, I love the fact that you were like, hey, I said it. Like, I'll repeat it again for you right here. I said it. So, you know, do you have a message? I know, listen, we cover a lot of HBC football, and I said, like, it's going to – I said the two best teams in the conference are you guys and Jackson State. And I got a lot of pushback from FAMU and Alcorn and all these other fans. The Jackson State fans are like, why would you even put them in the same conversation? Give a message, man. What, why and why are fans and other teams sleeping on the Bulldogs this year? And what is your message to those fans about you guys coming into this 2021 season? Y'all are the defending champs. I feel like y'all deserve just a little bit more respect. I mean, you know, one of those things about respect, I mean, respect is never given, it's earned. And we earned it in the spring and we're going to earn it in the fall. So every single team we line up against, they're going to respect us after the game because we're going to end up with the game with a W. So people always respect wins. They never respect losses. So as far as that goes, we're going to earn our respect. And if teams are sleeping on us and the HBCU football is sleeping on us, if college football is sleeping on us, if the FBS is sleeping on us, it doesn't even matter because we're going to come through and we're going to wake everybody up. And I think that's the message from the coaches. That's the message from all the players. We're here to wake everyone up and show everybody what, what LMA and football is all about. So, I think if people are sleeping, we're definitely going to wake them up. And uh, honestly, um, if you're sleeping, you should have been woken up last year. Um, but if not, the fall would definitely wake you up. I love I love the confidence, man. So, you know, these next few questions are more just about you, man. I mean, we saw today, I mean, the day we're recording, the NIL is approved for college football. Do you have a plan? Do you have any ideas about what you want to do going forward with NIL? And how is Alabama A&M kind of prepping you guys to handle this new venture in college football? Well, I mean, we haven't talked about it uh, personally. I haven't talked to any of the coaches about it personally. But as far as, like, my plans, I'm not really worried about that. I feel like all that's going to come. Um, if you're dominating on the field, if you're playing well, people are going to want to uh, talk to you about you know, things off the field. So my plan really isn't to worry about all that. I'm going to let everything take care of itself. My biggest goal is just to get there with the team and just play hard with my teammates and just, just really just try to win some games because I think wins and losses are going to allow players to have opportunities that, you know, we all deserve. So I think as far as that legislation, like coming out saying that, you know, everything is okay for us to be promoted by brands and endorsements, and like that. I think that's super, super cool. But I think we have to keep the main thing the main thing. And I know people are talking about that. Everyone's excited about that. But in order to get that, you have to be a good football player. You got to be a part of a good football team. So I think those things are the things that people have to keep on being reminded of. So I think it's all about just being a good football team and being a good football player. And I think everything else will take care of itself. I love it, man. Number one thing is football. So, you know, I, I always like asking this question, especially because I'm just enamored with defensive backs. For me, you know, I know the quarterback has a lot to memorize, has to run the offense, but defensive backs, man, you're already the disadvantage because you don't know what play is coming. You've got to react to these guys who are running four threes, and you're just always at a disadvantage and just shocks me what y'all do on the field. Who is like your biggest influence as a defensive back and who would you most compare your game to that we've seen in either college football history or NFL history? Um, who do I compare my game to? Um, growing up, let's see, 
Growing up, I watched a lot of Ed Reed. I watched a lot of Sean Taylor. I watched a lot of Troy Polamalu. But modern day safeties, I watched a lot of Derwin James. Uh, I watched a lot of um, Eddie Jackson. Love Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson is actually one of my favorite players, honestly. Um, I watched I watched a whole lot of Tyron Matthew. Um, those are guys that just compete at a high level and they're always making plays. Jamal Adams. Um, I mean. Like I said, those guys are always making plays, and those those are one things that I look up. I look up to. I mean, I want to be someone that's strong in the run game, but strong in the pass game as well. I want to be a complete safety. I think those guys are complete safety. So, I mean, you know, you could even mention Landon Collins, even though he didn't play in the past season, he's been hurt. But those guys compete at a high level, and they play physical ball, and they play with a whole lot of energy. So that's who I really look up to, and that's who I try to model my game after. Um, you know, I just try to bring that type of energy to the field. So. Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, you've been tabbed. All script had you, baby Sean Taylor. So you might have to run with that one on that. Yeah, that I'll game. run with it. I'll run with it, man. I'll <laughs> run with it. He's a, he's a, he's definitely an idol. Um, he's the reason why I wore twenty six uh, at IMG. He's the reason why I wore twenty six at South Alabama. Um, he's definitely a big idol of mine. And sometimes our kind of sides kind of might kind of can remind people of it. But yeah, if I could bring people. You know, that memory of him uh, playing football would be a great honor because, like I said, he's probably the best safety to ever do it, definitely. Absolutely. So, man, you played a lot of football. So, I mean, these last few questions are kind of about your career. Who is the best quarterback and wide receiver that you've ever had to play against in your career? The best quarterback and the best wide receiver I've ever had. Oh, it's got to be um, Juju, Juju Smith. Juju Smith and Sam Darnold. Got to be those two. Uh, and I'll – I'm going to even throw a Dory Jackson in there because he was playing receiver and slot back. Like that team, uh, USC back in 2016 was crazy talented on the offensive side of the ball in college between Sam Darnold and Juju Smith. Definitely. Definitely. Oh definitely. man, man, a Dory Jackson at wide receiver. That's just, that's, yeah, that's yeah. terrifying. That dude. Yeah, is, he was, he was, he was amazing, man. I, like I'm telling you, man, he was amazing. I mean, he was he's one of the best players I think I've ever seen in, in, in person. Definitely. Him and Juju Smith were definitely phenomenal. So those two guys and Sam Darnold. Man, I love it. So, you know, last question here, and I I'm who has been either the fastest player you've played against or the fastest teammate that you've ever played with? The fastest. Wow. Who's the fastest teammate? Wow. Um it's gonna be a kind of a If we're talking about actually playing football, we're talking about actually playing football. This is going to be a weird answer, but Chris Fink, when you look him up, he's a guy, he's a, he's a, he's a slot receiver from Notre Dame. He's uh, he's with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, kind of had a weird journey in the uh, football arena. But that guy right there, he was he was actually a walk-on at Notre Dame when I got there. Everyone was like, man, listen, don't take him lightly. Just because he's a walk-on doesn't mean that he can't go out here and play football. His speed coming out of the breaks, his speed coming out of the cuts – are ridiculous and that's why he's still trying to play football right now so i'll probably give it to chris fink as far as playing game speed that i played against on a consistent basis it's probably the fastest guy i played against oh man and then the last one man you mentioned you wore 26 for sean taylor do you have any idea what your number is going to be at alabama a and man i don't have an idea i don't know um between who's yep. there you have who's like a top in. option a top option um uh, i'm not you know what i'm not really a number guy uh <laughs> a top option or what I would want to wear. I would like to wear 21 if I could. That'd be cool. 21. I would like to wear 21. Definitely. If I could. That's, I, that's, that's a good DB number, man. I, I'm, yeah. I don't know. 
Like you see, I, I was an O lineman, so I never got like freedom to pick a number. It was yeah, like, yeah, got, like yeah. ten numbers to pick from. I was always jealous yeah. of the DBs, the skill players. So I was, I'm a single digit guy, and I'm like, man, I can't be a left tackle wearing number five or number two. Yeah. I gotta be I like. I, I definitely, I definitely like number seven. I don't know who's wearing seven, but I like seven, twenty one, twenty six. Those are my favorite numbers, and I wore eight, but I think a receiver's wearing eight. But I love seven, I love twenty one, I love twenty six. So those are my top three numbers for sure. Hey, no matter what number you put on, man, I know you're going to ball out. I'll be watching. But, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm going to give you some time, man. Shout-outs to anyone you want to give shout-outs to, plug social media, anything you want to plug to our listeners, man, this time's yours. Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at um, black underscore Jesus1k. It's kind of a funny name, but uh, you can follow it. And um, uh, just really just shout-out to the, all the coaching staff for uh, giving me the opportunity to play and to be a part of a program like that. Shout out to Coach Maynard, Coach Shellen, Coach Eastman for um, really recruiting me and, and really just making things happen. And I'm really appreciative of the opportunity. I can't wait to get down there and make some plays. Hey, absolutely, man. Hey, I, I, I told people that, you know, I had my ba- my, my bandwagon hooked up because I'm new to this swag football stuff. I had my bandwagon hooked up to y'all last year. It kills mm-hmm. my guy. So I think I'm going to have to be riding with y'all this year, man. So I'll be paying attention, man. But we'll have to, we'll definitely have to have you back on this season, man. Good luck on your year, and we'll definitely be staying in touch, man. But, guys, make sure to go follow Spencer. Everything Alabama A&M does this year, y'all know y'all can get exclusive coverage right here, get exclusive coverage on all script with our boy Scotty. Cut will be covering it, man. Y'all know where to get all y'all's HBCU content. But for Spencer, myself, guys, and the Blue Bloods, we are out. <laughs>